people, what's up? Thank you for checking us out, Real Not Rude. Don't forget that you can find us on Facebook and Twitter under Real Not Rude and on Instagram under Keep It Real Not Rude. Also, we are on all the platforms. Our podcast is on Amazon as well as Audibles. We are on Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, and of course, Spotify Podcasts. Please, you guys, follow us on social media, like, share, engage, you know, follow us, please, so that our audience can grow and pass the word. In addition, we also still do our shows where we have the discussions on relationships, friendships, situationships, whatever. And if you would like to be a part of that, definitely shoot us an email. All you need to join is your email address and your name and only your first name or even a nickname. Drop us a discussion that you would like to go over and we will definitely get back to you and let you know if it's something we can include. That's at keepitrealnotrude at gmail.com. Once again, you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Be safe and check us out. Hey y'all, what's up? Welcome back to another episode on Real Not Rude of When Friends Go Wrong. So first of all, if you were just looking at uh, Real Not Rude just a moment ago, you will see that my last episode was a video. And that was my first video, just introducing myself and then also talking about uh, supporting small businesses, and some other things, just giving some introductions or whatever. But if you enjoy seeing a video, I was thinking that I would start doing some of the When Friends Go Wrong, and then also some of the little um, podcasts when I do the one-on-one discussions on video instead of just audio. So if it is something that you enjoyed, you'll see at the end of this podcast, there will be a little section where you can leave either a voice message or a comment. And if you like it, let me know and I will consider doing more things on video instead of just audio. Also, whatever social media platform that you're watching or listening to this on, you can also Um, leave a message there. So if it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you can leave a message there and say whether or not that's something that you prefer. Some people like just podcasts because they might be at work driving or whatever, and they just want to listen. And some people just prefer to listen than watching things. But if it is something also that you would like to see instead, it's definitely something I can mix and match. So let me know. So today's When Friends Go Wrong is a little bit different than the others. It is still when friends backstab one another, but this one is not crime related. It is more so um, people giving their own personal stories of betrayals. So it's 23 short stories, real life stories that people have shared about um, backstabbings that people have done to them, but they're very short. And uh, they're just something that I thought that would be interesting to go over that people have just given little clips of to let you know about their own encounters. Now, they aren't all specific on if they are necessarily girls or guys. Some of them is very easy to tell because of some keywords that they mention. But others, I thought it would be interesting to try to dissect and, you know, figure out if it was girls or guys that did this in groups or whatever. Um, so I'll try to throw my own little spin in there and, and see if I think it was girls or guys. But um, just overall, they're very short and brief. So I'll count them down 
one through 23. So this one will be a little longer than some of the others. It'll be about 30 to 40 minutes or so, but they're very interesting. And, you know, you'll see uh, some of them are a little uh, shadier than others, but they're not as gruesome as the ones that are more crime related. So sit back, you guys, and um, just check them out. So we'll start with number one. So number one, I made plans to go see a movie with my friends for my 16th birthday and planned it weeks in advance. Now, me chiming in, in my opinion, if it was planned weeks in, in advance, it probably was the girls. Not sure proof, but that's my opinion. Anyway, everyone bailed the day before, but I decided to see the movie still. I ran into my whole group of friends leaving the movie theater while I was buying popcorn. End of story. So to me, I believe that that was girls. 16 years old, planned weeks in advance, everyone bailed on her, and she ran into the whole group leaving the theater. Sounds like something that little sneaky um, kind of cliquish girls would do to another female to lead them out. Uh, very sad and hurtful, definitely, to run into all of the people that you thought were your friends, went to go see the movie that they could have went to see with you, and just left you out of it, especially at 16 years old. All right, story number two. I had my 17th birthday and invited my mates, so these are guys, to get a drink at a bar. 17, okay, so you're in Europe or somewhere like that, I guess. Everyone accepted, but no one came. After a few hours of drinking alone and phone calls not being answered, I saw on Instagram that they were having a good time at an electro party. Okay, they ditched you for a party. Apparently, they were pre-gaming without me and spontaneously decided to go to this event and forget about me. Everyone said sorry, but it still haunts me. I haven't celebrated my birthday ever since. Okay, that's sad that you let I don't know how old this person is now, but that you let something that happened, I don't know how many years have passed, put a damper in your future celebrations that you choose because young people do unkind things to each other and even older people. But that is shady that you invited all these people and they said they were going to come and they didn't and they made plans and then they posted it. Very unkind. But these things happen and so especially with social media. Number three. There was a group of six of us, and the other five decided they didn't want to live with me anymore. Now, this would have been absolutely fine, but we spoke about getting a house for next year, and they all said, yeah, we should all start looking soon. What they hadn't told me was that they had secretly gone off and signed for a house without me. It wasn't until months later when one of them got drunk and felt guilty enough to tell me what happened. By this point, everyone I knew had already sorted out their living arrangements. I ended up alone and paying more than I otherwise would. If they had just told me instead of repeatedly lying to my face, I could have made arrangements without my other I'm sorry, with my other friends. I should have seen it coming, though. They did lots of things like this. I put it down to paranoia at the time. But these friends were excluding me deliberately from a lot of things. 
Yeah, that's sad because sometimes you do, you know, double guess. You think you say like, you know what, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe these people, you know, maybe I don't think they're doing what I think they're doing to me. But typically follow your gut. Usually what you think somebody is doing to you, they are doing to you. One thing I have learned is when I feel somebody is deliberately trying to leave me out of something, even when they try to come and clean it up, I'm like, nah, you just know that I feel a certain way and you don't, you feel bad about it because I caught on. You were intentionally leaving me out. So I'm going to keep myself out. That's how I usually play it. Number four, my best friend stopped talking to me after my dad died. Wow, that's sad. And took the whole friend group with him. Apparently, I was too emotional. How are you too emotional? I was 13 and having my entire friend group walk away from me when I was in such a bad place stuck with me forever, as it should. Something like losing a parent, and this is a young man more than likely, I don't know, did I just say that? It doesn't say, but something like losing a parent at 13 years old at such a transitional age, losing a parent at any age is extreme. I've had, I lost both of my parents, I know. But especially as a child, and then too emotional, there's no such thing. And then turning around and people that you thought were your friends, and this young man said his best friend, leaving you and then taking what you thought was a group of other people that were your friends and abandoning you, honey, you were not too emotional at all. And them all abandoning you at that time, those type of things do stick with you forever. It is something that you have to work through because you cannot allow it to grab it to, to navigate the rest of your life. But that hole without a parent sticks with you forever. So that is very sad and unfortunate. Number five, I asked two of my friends if they wanted to live together in college. Then one of them asked, another person in our friend group if he wanted to join in. They asked another and another after that. And then once there were too many people for one apartment, they dropped me out of it. Okay, well, I'm no longer friends with any of them. And it was kind of a wake-up call, a wake-up call though, because I definitely gave away too much of myself to those people not knowing that I was the most expendable one. It really taught me to not put others on a pedestal and to respect myself more. Also, it has since led me to develop to, to me developing far more healthy relationships that bring me a lot of happiness. That's good. I'm glad you learned. This is the thing about this issue here. First of all, you began this quest. And then they started adding more people into it. And then they dismissed you out of what you began. Oh, see, you were treated disposable, like you mentioned. It is nothing worse than the feeling of you beginning something and you putting your all and in investing into something and thinking that you're doing it for the better of yourself and everyone else. And then all of a sudden, the person or the people taking your very idea 
and using it for themselves and everyone else and excluding you from it. And trust me, I have felt that many, many times. And it is a really horrible feeling, but I am glad that you learned from it. And it does make you learn how to further reach out and detect those type of people and know how to gravitate more towards healthier relationships. The unfortunate thing is there are more people that are like that than that aren't. Because even to this date, I run into people who still do those types, who do still do those types of things more so than who don't. Next, number six, I had a whole group of friends in high school who one day out of nowhere turned against me and brought the entire group with them. No one spoke to me and it was extremely cold for a good six months. I even got calls from one girl every day from a blocked number telling me to kill myself. It wasn't until a group of until a group project started and the group said, wow, you're really not like how X and Y said you were. They never told me what was said. So to this day, I have no idea what happened there. Well, what happened there is it is a group of followers as usual. There's one bully and then there's a follower and a group of them that follow the bully and they don't care what the issue is. They just want to follow so that they can be popular. The only good thing out of this is that when you got alone with the other people who were followers, at least they had enough common sense to recognize on their own at that time that whatever rumors or lies were being said, that they were untrue. Sadly, still, I guarantee you, they still gravitated to that bully because they're followers. But it doesn't really matter what the person said about you. If anyone is able to be turned against someone because of one person, you don't want anything to do with them in the first place because they don't think for themselves. Moving on, number seven. So I had one friend and I was bullied by everyone else in elementary school. We only played outside of school because they would be bullied too when they hung out with me at school. One day, a popular kid asked me to play with me during recess. I was ecstatic until after a while, they said, you're not as bad as your friend said you are. And that's how I learned why I was bullied. Okay, so you're being bullied because your friend is the one that has you being bullied. Be careful who you think your friends are. So your friend was jealous of you and only wanted you to have something to do with them and wanted everybody else to dislike you. And all this time, you think that person is your friend. But the only reason that friend was associated with you only when you weren't at school, because they wanted nobody else to have anything else to do with you because they were jealous of you. Go figure. It's a trip. This stuff does not stop in elementary school. This stuff continues until you get grown all the way until you get old. Because I've seen old people do it too. Sad. 
Number eight, I had a best friend that I knew for 16 years. She got pregnant and her parents tried to kick her out because they wanted her to get an abortion, but she refused. One of our high school friends told me someone should push her down a flight of stairs so she could miscarry, Lord have mercy. I told her that's not a very bad, I told her that's a very bad idea and defended my best friend. The next day, the principal came by my class to ask me if I could attend a meeting about something important. If I didn't attend, I was going to be expelled. When I arrived at the meeting, our friend shared, excuse me, I said that backwards, our shared friend claimed I was going to shove my best friend down the stairs so she could miscarry. My best friend believed her. We stopped talking after that. Wow. You know, I never understood situations like this. I was in a position like this before where someone made up a story that made no sense. It it was it just made no sense why they made up the story. Like, why did this best friend even create this situation? Why did the best friend even make up a story and bring the principal into it about pushing the friend down the stairs to create friction between the three of them? The three of them, the best, the two best friends, well, the three best friends and the parents too. So all of them, why? And I had someone do something like that before. And I remember the people involved believing that me, I was the one that was the culprit. And I was the odd man out. And to this day, it was untrue. And to this day, the person probably still believes it. I never understood stuff like that, like completely made up stories and someone believing it that you think knows you and should know that you would never do or say something like that. But it happens. Number nine, we'd been very good friends for over two years. Their roommate moved out and they asked me if I want to move into their spare room. I was very happy to live with my good friends and I did everything I could to be the best roommate possible. After three weeks, they found out another source they found another source of income and kicked me out. First, they offered to help me find another accommodation, but the next day they changed their mind and just told me to leave by the end of the month. It was seven days until the end of the month, wow. They didn't speak to me ever again. When we met somewhere in town, they acted as if they have never seen me before. I have no idea what I did wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. What happened is their roommate moved out. They needed a source of income to cover that spare room. You were available. They decided to utilize you. You said yes. When you said yes, you occupied that room where they needed you. When they needed that money, you were there. They used you. Like you said, they found another source of income. When they found it, they didn't need you anymore. They kicked you out. 
two years is not necessarily a very good friendship. It takes one year to really get to know someone and the second year to start getting comfortable. You were disposable to them. That's your answer. That's sad. Really sad it is. It's messed up how they treated you, but that's your answer. You didn't do anything wrong. You were disposable. Number 10. My husband and I had a friend who helped My husband and I had a friend who we helped get back on his feet. We paid off some tickets he had, got his license reinstated, hooked him up with a solid connection for a reasonable car, and gave him a place to live and a job. He decided it was a better choice to tell all of our customers that we were overcharging them. Wow. And he'd do the jobs cheaper if they'd bring it to him at his house. This was a short time after he moved out of our house. By the way, never repaying anything he owed us. Sad. It broke my heart, it says. Sad. And that is how some people repay you. Some people repay you by treating you wrong, by stabbing you in the back. Very sad. But you should feel very happy that you helped someone and that you did what you did by the out of the kindness of your heart. Regardless of what this person feels and how this person acts, you did what you did out of the kindness of your heart. Number 11, my wife said she needs some time for herself. Oh Lord, I already know. So she went to stay at her mom's for a while. One day I went to pick up my kids and walked in on her and my best friend having sex. It turns out it had been going on for several months before I found out, and she knew him before she knew me. I had no clue she knew him. This happened nearly 16 years ago now. It was a very dark period in my life, but I'm great now. I got two great kids out of the relationship. I wouldn't have met my current wife if this hadn't happened. Also, I believe I'm a stronger person having gone through the whole ordeal. Sad. I'm glad that this person has a positive outlook on the end result. And I'm glad that they met someone else that they feel is a good ending, but very sad. Number 12. I had a good buddy of mine. Oh, Lord. Sounds like another. Okay. I had a good buddy, a buddy of mine who's the godfather of my son. He lived with my wife and me. My wife and I, I'm sure is what he meant. I traveled a lot for work and was out of of the country for about six months in the Middle East. I came back and found out she was pregnant. I guess she is his wife with twins. They weren't mine. End of story. Okay. I mean, the question here is not that it makes it okay, but I just, the question still is, you didn't travel out of the country to the Middle East and leave your friend living with your wife, did you? Because that would not be a good move. And then I'm not saying that it's okay that she got pregnant, but I'm just saying. But but this is still absolutely horrible. Number 13. In 2014, I woke up in horrible pain and ended up needing emergency surgery to remove my gallbladder. I was a single mom to two kids, both under five years old, and had just moved back to my hometown. I had a really close family friend who ended up homeless. 
So I bought him an $80 bus ticket and let him stay with me for a few days. He found another place to stay, but I still invited him to my son's birthday party. Four days out from surgery, he offered to go and pick up pizza and cake. A few days later, I go to give my grandma my food stamps card, and I realized the guy never gave it back to me. I forgot he even had it since I was all doped up on pain meds from surgery. I tried calling him like five times and he didn't answer. So I get onto my account online to check my balance and he took everything. I had like 600 in cash and I had like 750 in food stamps. All of it was gone. The girl he was staying with convinced him to steal my money. I'd only use the money to buy the bus ticket, pizza, and cake for my son since I'd been in the hospital for the first four days of the year and only home for two after that. It is still to this day the most intentionally messed up thing anyone has ever done to me, mostly because it is such a huge, well, I can't use her language, but such a huge mess up to my kids. Like who steals from a single mom recovering from life-saving surgery on her kid's birthday, especially after I helped him? Yeah, that's disgusting. I mean, this woman, not only is she a single mom and was at a low point, also she's on a subsidy. I mean, she's she's clearly, she says she's on food stamps and I guess it's all on one card because she said cash is on the card too. So she's uh she's low income and this person takes that money from her uh, yeah he's a low down dirty scum and honestly if you're on that type of income i know she was trying to help somebody she shouldn't be giving anybody any money um if you have children and you're on on that type of income nor should you be giving somebody your source of income if you have children and mouths to feed, and I'm not blaming her, I'm not victimizing the victim, but I'm just saying, but yeah, that's pretty nasty, dirty. He, he was scandalous for that, for sure. Number 14, I had a friend from high school. Uh-oh, wait a minute. Uh-oh, wait a minute. One. Number 14, I had a friend from high school till about four years old. He was a very close friend. And one day he confided in my boyfriend, now husband, and I that his roommate was moving out to live with his girlfriend and wouldn't make rent that month. My boyfriend and I had an apartment lease ending. So we decided we could help move, help and move in. We lived there for about two months and we find out we're having a baby. It was a happy scenario as our roommate had informed us he wishes to turn over the lease for the house to us to move back in with his parents. The day before we're set to meet up with the landlord, we come home to an eviction notice on the door and all of our roommate's stuff is moved out. Okay. We call him and there's no answer. We call the number on the eviction notice from the landlord and find out he lied and never told the landlord anything. He wouldn't even work with us at all. Just said, we have 30 days to get out. The roommate had been pocketing our rent money for months. We had 30 days to unexpectedly find a new place, pay first and last month and a security deposit and move in the middle of Michigan winter while pregnant. Ooh, yeah, that's bad.
really bad and messed up, pocketing your money. So basically, you have absolutely nothing and they're starting over from scratch. Yeah, that's messed up with a baby on the way. Sad. Number 15. In college, my best friend and I had an art class together with a guy I was hanging out with on the regular. We were getting to know each other to see if there was anything more there. We messed around and had fun for a bit. It was nothing formal, but we communicated daily. We were more than friends, but not a dedicated couple. One day, I stopped by his house after a morning class. I knocked on the door, and there was no answer. So I let myself in to leave him a note. Well, my best friend's purse was on the chair by the door. Nobody answered when I called out his name or hers, but his car was there, so I know they were there. I got back at her, though. Almost 20 years later, she sent me a friend request on Facebook, and I denied it. Take that, Jessica. Okay, so I, I really hope that she's being funny. Because 20 years later, this person would be 40-something if this was when she was in college. And in addition, she said that this was just a casual relationship, nothing formal. So you really weren't upset. Maybe this was just a story just to be putting a story out there. Because I really don't want to believe that somebody is upset to the point that they rejected a friend request on Facebook over a casual relationship in college in their 40s. So I'm just going to move on from this one. 16, number 16. Several years ago, I moved to Florida. Almost immediately after I met a friend, he was a great guy, so I thought, and we'd hang out constantly. He showed me around town. About a year and a half of knowing him, he stole a couple of my credit cards and racked up really big bills. Unfortunately for me, and I know this now, but didn't then, I simply thought calling the credit card company to report your card stolen and canceling the account also vacated the charges. That's not true. You actually have to contest the charges separately, formally, and you only have 60 days. By the time I realized this, it was too late. I tried in vain to semi-reconcile with him to try to get a payment plan. He begged me not to call the police. I regret now that I didn't. I did believe that he had fallen on hard times and he would get back on his feet and try to repay me. That didn't happen. Although he did get arrested later on for other things, I figured that would have been the best time to try to recoup the money lost. I did try instead to take him to small claims court. Now, it says I figured that would have been the best time. I think that the person meant I figured that would not have been. Because the next sentence says I did try instead to take him to small claims court. I realized that civil court is not criminal but I might stand a better chance at looking much better with him now being a convicted felon. Instead, when we get to court, he denied everything, said everything was a gift, and completely slandered me in open court. He was allowed to get away with it beyond me, but that case was dismissed. I got nothing. Some of this 
wording I'm a little lost on. My credit suffered for years because of that. I eventually did save up enough money to file for bankruptcy just to get rid of that debt that I couldn't repay. I have never really forgiven him for what he did to me. The bankruptcy did eliminate that debt, so I cannot and will not ever say he owes me anything monetarily, but he owes me a huge apology. So here's my opinion. He definitely still owes you monetarily because bankruptcy still disrupted your credit. It prevented you from being able to make certain moves financially for quite some time. In addition, the mistake that this person, in my opinion, made is trusting a thief because a thief is a liar and a liar is a thief. So when this person begged you, when they showed you that they were a thief and they begged you, please don't call the police. And they told you they were falling on, they thought they had fallen on hard times. And then you begged and asked them to please to repay you and set up a payment plan or whatever. And they used this little story, you know, sob story. That's where you went wrong. At that point, when they stole from you and they ran up all these bills, you should have reported them. They're not your friend. Somebody who steals from you and does that type of thing, they're not your friend. They're a thief. They're a thief and they're a liar. And so when you let them go and they went ahead and got free, of course they slandered you in court and they lied. They went along later on, like you said, and got arrested for other things. That's their character. That's who they were. The only good news is you were able, like you said, to put this in bankruptcy, you know, get it in bankruptcy court, you know, and get all these things behind you now. But expecting an apology from a thief and a liar, unless they just reform their whole life, it's not likely that you're ever going to get it. So the best thing you probably can do is move forward and forgive and forget and really forgive and forget yourself as well, because just don't make don't make that mistake again with somebody else. Next time somebody steals from you, report them immediately, immediately report them. Don't give them a, a leeway and think because they're your friend or they said they've fallen on hard times or whatever. Now you're on hard times because that person is a thief and a liar. So, you know, it's just a lesson learned. You probably were young. Like you said, the, some of the things that you said you didn't know, I'm assuming you probably were young. It's a hard lesson, but it's a lesson learned. Number 17. My wife and I were having issues. Oh boy, sounds like another one. And we decided to have a trial separation. My high school friend then slept with my wife two days after we separated. Wow. Both my best friend in high school and my first wife were narcissists. At the time, I thought it was backstabbing, but years later realized it was a gift as I had reason to cut two toxic people out of my life. Yeah, you did, honey. And reason to also self-reflect on why it is that you attract those type of people. Because if you attract that in a relationship and a friendship, which is both two types of relationships, you have to look at yourself, self-reflect and make sure that you no longer attract those types of people to yourself. So yes, two toxic people out of your life and now reform your yourself and attract different types of people to your life. Very sad. Sorry to hear that. But like you said, two things out of your life that you no longer need in your life. Number 18, my best friend would tell guys to act like they liked me to prove that I would like anyone who showed interest in me. Okay. Okay. 
Um, this went on for a couple of years, and her and her sister kept track of it in a book. Okay, that's disgusting. And how do you know this? And why is that your best friend? And the key, st- the key thing in all of these stories, I'll just say it in the end, but I hope everybody caught it. I'm sure you did. But who does that? Most of these stories are women, in my opinion. Most of them, because it just the stuff, the pettiness, the pettiness. Number 19, I decided to be friends with this girl who was crying and it went okay at first. Then she started to show signs of being toxic. She wouldn't let me hang out with anyone else. And when I had to use the bathroom and said I would be right back, she started to cry. And I said I would leave her. Being naive, I decided to stay with her. This continued until she literally punched one of my friends. Cause, I guess the the word should have been because, I decided to hang out with them for a day instead of her. I tried to break it off, but then she wouldn't let me. She eventually threatened to kill me, and our parents got involved along with the principal, too. Okay, yeah, I I guess this is a girlfriend-boyfriend thing, and this sounds like stalkerish, psycho, uh, yeah, this is crazy, and you just, uh, yeah, sounds really crazy, nuts up. Number 20, I went to Korea for a year with the military straight out of training. I had been dating this girl since high school, and it was going pretty well. We still talked while I was in Korea, just not as much due to the time problems. While I was over there, we decided to take a break because it was hard for me to talk to her on my schedule and the same for her. We still talked occasionally, just not as much. Then I went to do some field training with my platoon and everything went downhill from there. I stopped talking to her except for once every few days. Then it just changed to once a week, maybe. We took a mutual break in the relationship during that time. A few months later, and we were out of the field, I decided to send her a text to see how she was doing, and it turned out she was seeing someone else. I was sad, but I understood why she would do that. Then, while I was talking to her, saying it's okay and I knew it would happen, she dropped the bomb that it was one of my good friends from high school she was with now. The second she said that, all these memories started flowing back to me about him talking to her more while I was gone and my buddies saying they talked more and were hanging out more often. That was the biggest backstab of my young life. Yeah, that happens a lot after high school when people go away to the military and college and you still have like that teenage love and it happens. They try to hold on and the person ends up getting involved with someone that's still close to them or the person in college gets involved with someone that's at the college or in that same town. And then sometimes they try to reconnect when they come home on the the holiday breaks and stuff. But those type of heartbreaks happen a lot. And it, you know, it is kind of hard because you think that these relationships will last. And then sometimes they reconnect later, but yeah, those that's hard. That's young love. Number 21. In seventh grade, my friend wrote a 10-page letter 
on all the reasons I should kill myself. Oh, Lord. And had all but one of my other friends sign an agreement after I confided in her that I felt something was wrong with me. It was early undiagnosed depression. Go figure. The day she gave it to me was arguably the worst day of my life. At that point, because my parents told my sister and me that they were considering divorce and my grandmother died. I kind of read that as a run on sentence, but the worst day of my life at that point, because my parents told my sister and me that they were considering divorce and my grandmother died. Okay. It, it, the, I, I read it that way because it threw me off that her friends wrote a 10 page letter and everyone signed it. See, Parents are raising children, and these children have some serious problems. And these parents aren't paying attention to the behavior and the mental um, issues that their children are having. And I'm not talking about um, chemical imbalances. I'm talking about the emotional behaviors, anger, and um, dysfunctional issues that their children are having and and portraying with one another and then inflicting it on others when they get to school and with their friends and their associates. Because to write something, a 10-page letter, and to then include others and to have these type of behaviors, and these are the type of things that these young people are doing in schools to others, these actions and these type of behaviors, and I see it because I work with children, these type of actions um, are being ignored starting at home. These type of behaviors are starting at home, starting with language and all sorts of other things. That is disgusting. It is disgusting that a child could even think of that in the seventh grade. That's 12 years old, right? 12? Anyway. Number 22, my boyfriend and I were having problems and were on and off for a while. My friend would reach out to me to find out how I was doing and ask about our relationship. We had broken things off. And the next day, she posts a picture of her in his lap on social media. They're married now. Wow. (laughs) The next day. I laugh about it now because I found a great guy and we're getting married next year. But it sucks to lose a friend that way. She wasn't your friend. We were friends since third grade. No, you weren't. What really sucks is that I miss her sometimes. But then I remember what a messed up friend she was. It's not so much that they ended up together, but the way she went about it. I could have made peace with it if she had just been honest with me and not tried to weasel her way in by asking about the status of our relationship. And if she could have given it more than a day before making her move, I guarantee you she's done done more things before she did that. Are you surprised? There's no way that's the first thing that that girl did that was shady. And you miss her? Finally, number 23. In high school, my then best friend stole my prom date during prom and then spent the night with him at my house. Why? Why did you let him spend the night? Why did you let her spend the night at your house? Okay. So the key thing in all of this is that people 
said these people are their friends. And I don't know if they said they were their friends just for the sake of the story about backstabbing friends, but these people are not your friends. These people are people that you knew that were merely, no matter how long you know someone, behavior is a friendship. Friendship is an action. These people did not act like friends. It is okay when someone stabs you in the back to realize they were never your true friend. It's okay. It's okay, no matter how long you know someone, to realize they were never a true friend. This is 23 stories, you guys, of horrendous acts of when friends go wrong. Thanks for listening, y'all. Don't forget, Facebook and Twitter, Real Not Rude. Instagram, Keep It Real Not Rude. Email me at keepitrealnotrude at gmail.com. Don't forget also, you can, at the end of this, you can leave a message. You can leave a voice message or you can type in a little comment if you want to see this on video instead of just audio. Or you can leave me a message on all the social media platforms. Like and share, engage so the audience can grow. Be safe and I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.